just like Immortality Game of the Year. Nick's like, did you play it? Nope, not at all. Hello and welcome to Another Dead Pixel, a podcast about games, entertainment, anime, life, a little bit of everything in between. I'm your host today, Joseph, and with me, the scourge of Japan, the man who terrorized Japan during the 2014 World Cup games, the one and only, Nick. So Nick, I remember clearly how you did not discriminate. You literally would tackle any man, woman, child, monk, nun, just to prove that American football was far superior than their Japanese soccer. What made you go to such extremes just to prove your patriotism for America? I was on bath salts at the time. Um, I, I People have said I have a lot to apologize for, but I disagree. Um, American football is um, the superior game. Uh, I stand by that, and I will tackle anyone uh, that does not agree with me. I mean, seeing you run onto a elementary school pitch and just hit that, you know, fifth grader and just watching his, you know, shoes hey, look, go flying look, as you just, you know. These kids these days, they got a mouth on them and they need to know. They need to know where <laughs> where we stand on this issue. I don't care if they're five or 25. I'm going to lay them out. So... I forgot that the World Cup was that was the World Cup really in Japan in 2014? No, no, we were <laughs> just when it was going on, we were there. Uh, uh, okay. I remember us clearly almost getting into a bar fight uh, because we walked into a foreigner bar and some uh, you, a friend of a coworker of yours, their friend, randomly walked up to you really, really drunk and was like, "How oh, do you know her?" and like was very in your face and it was just like wow oh, are we gonna start some something here i do uh, remember that yeah we i worked with that lady and she had like a bunch of dudes hanging around uh, uh funny story <laughs> is that same guy i I, re, I randomly met through a different contact and it didn't click until after i hung out with them for like three or four times i'm like oh wait you were that drunk dude we almost had to fight <laughs> Yeah, it turned out he's not such a bad guy when you start drinking with him. But if you meet him already, you know, already half in the bag, maybe not such a good time. I heard more of things about him later. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, he's in China now teaching, I'm pretty sure. So that's where they usually end up. Yeah, they usually end up um, in uh, China teaching. You can usually get a good university gig there. And then oh, you're pretty dude. much you know, sitting pretty. Yeah. Once you have a little bit of experience. Yeah. Pro tip for anybody. Who's uh, gonna teach English overseas? Once you have a little bit of experience, you can get a job in China, a pretty cush job teaching at like a university, and it's it's pretty nice, you know. But it does take like I don't know, probably three to five years of experience and some smooth talking to be able to get into uh, a gig like that. Um, but uh, you can do it. It's it's a lot harder in Korea and Japan to do that, but. You can. Yeah, Korea Korea was usually like a five-year minimum stint, and then you get your master's. Usually, if you can find a local Korea uh, university that provides you your master's for free, uh, there's like special uh, foreigner you know enrollments where 
they'll provide you your masters for free so long as you don't quit and you know if you quit out then you have to pay the bill um and then through all that you know and then and being there just long enough you make connections and then you can get yourself like a tendered uh you know university gig and i know a lot of expats who who've uh you know went overseas married found you know found a spouse and they're now teaching a higher level education whether or not they're really qualified that's a different story but i love how i love how this started out with like a made-up story about me attacking people in Japan and is like ended up with them. The moral of the story made is, and it's a made-up story that is an alleged story. <laughs> it's not true, but it ended up with. A, and the moral of the story, kids, is uh, if you work really hard, you could get a job teaching English at a university in China, and you never have to come back to uh, your America again if you need a if you need a place to run away. If you uh, is what we're saying. Yeah, like that guy in. Uh, like the expat in Chin Chan, uh, the Mexican. <laughs> anyway, that's only funny if you know if you watched a lot of Chin Chan. Uh, but I'm good, Joe. Um, had had some fun. I had a bunch of turkey. I had three different turkey dinners, um, official turkey dinners over the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, so mine was pretty good. How was yours? Uh, that was all right. Uh, so uh, due to due to family work circumstances uh we did not get to spend uh time with the, any of the extended family so it's just um you know kids and my wife and we just had a good time i actually don't make a turkey dinner uh i'll actually save turkey for new year's uh so i i generally have uh my good friends only my good friends come over for uh, new year's uh they will make the trip from out of state i've uh, never once and our good friends don't ever leave their state never been invited so i'm the one who it's should always feel been an open invite you just i'm the one who should feel up. offended not you me all the offenses on this side of the camera oh yeah so I'll, I'll generally make a turkey dinner for new year's uh and you know generally the, at that point you know people had turkey for their thanksgiving and then they'll have maybe a ham for uh christmas and then when it comes to new year's again they're like okay they have room for turkey yeah <laughs> So that's that's generally my plan. Uh, I made I actually made a a ham, and yeah, made a lot of good food, uh, and just kept it quiet. Uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, did not get to do much uh, Black Friday shopping. Uh, had to, you know, had to look after the, uh, the the kids, and yeah, so I didn't really get partake in a lot of deals. I ended up did uh, I got like one or two things. Got myself. Uh, they had a the Mega Man vinyl collection uh so soundtracks one through 11 ah. uh and i picked that up for like one like a, a little over 100 like maybe like 140 so that's going to be sent in uh should be getting that in a week or so it's very interesting yeah. that you should mention vinyl and black friday because uh for black friday uh, i wasn't planning on partaking in the deals too much but i started looking around and lo and behold Found plenty of stuff to buy. <clears throat> so my friends, um, um, actually my D&D &D friends have been wanting me to get into vinyl. One of them, several of them are pretty into it. And one of them is like super into vinyl. Uh, he has like a thousand records and like a really expensive like uh, like record player. So they were talking to me about it. And I was like, well, you know, what, what should I get? And they, they, you know, they were like, they were like, like my, my one friend who was into it he was like well you're gonna want to get the xj45 but it's kind of expensive so really your starter one should be like the m291 i was like okay 
Let me Google M291. And it's like a $600 record player. And I was like, dude, I don't have, I was like, I, I don't have a record player at all. I'm not like, that's way too much to just jump right into it with. So I, on Black Friday, looking around, I'd been eyeing this Audio Technica. So they have uh, this one Audio Technica normally is 150, but that was down to like 100. And they have this other Audio Technica. Don't remember the serial number for it, model number, but it's uh, normally 250. And it was down to 150. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. So I got that. I got some new speakers. I got a, I got a uh, amplifier to run the speakers off of. And uh, I got the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack on vinyl. And all that's coming you in. Did you ever get the reprint? How much did you pay for that one? Oh, it's uh, the, the reprint of the... It's... Um, I paid 32-something for it, 33. Nice. Uh, there's another version, the original-ish version, that's like purple and red. So it depends on where you get it from. There's a lot of places that have exclusive colors as well. Um, so it gets really you know, like really finicky um, depending on where you buy it from. You know, so, just like just like Best Buy or GameStop getting their exclusive pre-order deals. Same thing with vinyl. Yeah. So so the one that the one that was thirty nine is like uh, red and purple. The one I got is thirty two. Is the Ein variant. So it's white and brown. Like Ein is white and brown. Um, so that'll be yeah, in so the, the iron version was the second print. Uh, the first one was the swordfish and I can't remember Faye Valentine's uh, jet, but that's the two, it's the two, um, planes. And that one goes for like a hundred plus now because that sold out immediately. Uh, I remember cause my, uh, <laughs> my furnace died when, when I was about to buy the original. And then I was like, I ended up having, um, water, uh, no, that was it. That was it. It was a plumbing issue because we ended up having water backed up next to our furnace. And so like, wait, wait something sounds funny. Walked around and like, sure enough. So uh, my entire night got like, that was it. And the next day uh, they were, the pre-orders are gone. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And here I am with, uh, you know, trying to get service companies to come in. And it was a bad night. So uh, a buddy of mine did pick me up uh, the Ein, uh the variant. He goes, he goes, I know you missed out the first time around. And he goes, so here's, I got you the reprint. I just want to let you know now so you don't go out and buy it for yourself for Christmas. So yeah, he had to spoil his own Christmas gift just so, you know, to be on the safe side. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a good friend. Oh, very much so. Uh, but yeah, so, yeah, so I got that and I don't know what else I'm going to, I think I got some other stuff in. I got a stand for the, for the record player and uh, I got some other stuff coming in as well. I got some, some Beats headphones, which I needed to get new ones of. Um, but yeah, pretty good. I, I'm, I'm thinking about going and getting a few more things. Uh, but, um, I still got to buy a bunch of Christmas gifts as well. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a very, um, I'm not going to get to eat very much in the new year. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that much. Well, as much turkey as you ate, you should be fine. Um, <laughs> so I do have to say your friends are terrible and they should have never gotten you to get into vinyl. It's a sickness and... Uh, yeah, I've, I've been into it for longer than I would like, but at the same time, I've still haven't committed to buying the super expensive stuff. Everything I've had for my collection is mostly like, as far as equipment wise, um, hand-me-downs that I've, you know, upgraded here and there. So it's like, I didn't have to buy a, a whole new, you know, starter referencing 
you know, you'd look at the, like the Fluence or something like that. The RT eighty five is like the top of the bottom end is the best way to put it, or maybe a low of the, like the mid range. Oh. Um, so you're looking at five hundred dollars right there, or like the Project uh, car, uh, Debut Carbon Evo. Uh, that's like it used to be five hundred dollars, and now thanks to pandemic, it's six hundred dollars. But that one actually has a little bit more upgradable um, paths for you if you want to upgrade parts. Um, but yeah, that's honestly like with those two, you probably don't need anything after that if you're just, you know, for the average listener. Now, if you really go hardcore and, you know, you can go spend thousands of dollars on a table easily. Um, Dude, you can and... spend some coin. You can spend some serious dough on it. That and like like rare vinyl and, and rare records. There is this one shop that... Uh, that one of my friends introduced me to it's called a uh, mondo shop.com and mondo just yeah mondo is has been releasing records and stuff for a very long time yeah yeah so i didn't know about this but they um well if you type in mondo.com it takes you to some place else so uh so anyway uh they print movie and video game soundtracks on vinyl and it's it's like you know get them like they print them and while the supplies last, you can buy them, and then after that, they're gone. Um, so, but they have a lot of they they've got a lot of stuff on there that you can look through on what they have printed. Um, and uh, there's some pretty rare stuff on there now that's like oh, like a, like the Silent Hill soundtrack. Uh, they printed that one at one point, and they give it they give it pretty cool art too. They give it pretty cool album art, um, and uh, that now is like 150 or something on on eBay. Because of so, the print run they did. The, the, for, if you're looking specifically for video games as well, uh, Mondo doesn't have the best selection for video games, but specifically if you want video game stuff, you're going to want... Um, well, one is Limited Run. Uh, they do a very good selection of things. Uh, they came out with uh, one of my favorites, uh, Snatcher, uh, which is uh, an old Hideo Kojima uh, game from back in... Uh, P the PC ninety eight slash um, it was a Sega CD game which I own it on Sega CD and it came out on the PS one. Uh, it's it's a mix between like uh Blade Runner, Terminator, and like uh, you know a little bit of Total Recall to a certain extent. Like had you know it's like it's it's a very unique cyberpunk uh, point and click adventure game. Uh, great music behind it and same buddy who got me the. Uh, the most recent uh, Cowboy Bebop, they knew that I was overseas when Snatcher came out. And so I, I was like, I was looking, I found it too late and everything I could find was like $200. Uh. And so they got me, they were able to, they found it for cheaper, but like uh, a year or so later. And they're like, yeah. So they got that one for me as a birthday gift. So nice. Uh, yeah. I, I, I have that friend I owe a lot to when it comes to that. So, but yeah, limited run. A uh, lot that lots of good stuff. Unfortunately, very you know, as name suggests, it's limited. The other one is I am eight bit. Go there. Uh, they'll also you know both sites have game, video games and other things that collectibles. But I am eight bit is amazing for collector sets. For um, that you know both of these websites will bring out digital only games. They'll actually make a physical print. So you know a lot of people uh, like to have a physical copy. Uh, recently, they did. Um, I'm 8-Bit did one for a box set for Eastward, uh, the D or the Switch game that you played earlier in the year. Yeah. And they have the soundtrack to that. They have, I'm, I just picked up I Am 8-Bit's uh, re-release, or, or not, it may not be a re-release, but it's the, they came out with Persona 4 soundtrack. They're doing Persona mm. 
one, two, they're doing the whole series, one, two, three, uh, four, and five. And they just came out with the Royale um, soundtrack as well. Unfortunately, five sold out right away, and so did their Mega Box for like, they had a huge box set for like $400 that had all five soundtracks. Um, and that sold out, and so did Persona 5 Basic, uh, the, the base album. But then Royale is available right now. So that has the new songs solely on that, from what I've gathered. Dang. Um, great spot for vinyl great spot for they have like art um you know just to you know games and stuff like that so yeah check those out for sure i highly recommend that if you're into any of that stuff that's really cool yeah i never uh, i never looked at those sites before but i just pulled them up and yeah they look legit i'm gonna peer through them yeah um so uh yeah limited run's been doing a lot of stuff with indie games for a long time and they've recently opened up a branch or something like that in japan recently uh, and they're working with some people from 8-4 Play okay. uh, uh, who do localization and such. But uh, they do, there's Bit Summit, I think, which was uh, their Kyoto uh, small game show uh, for, for indie developers. And so, yeah, Limited Run is making a push out that way too now. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, That's cool but yeah, shit, other man. than that, I didn't get much on Black Friday uh, outside. So, I mean, I got my first air fryer. Uh, yeah. But only because of stupid uh, microwave died, and we're like, you know, air fryer, why not? So, <laughs> air fryers are cool, man. You can do a lot of stuff with them. My uh, my parents are getting one, or got one, and they're like amazed by it. Um, everyone says they're the best thing ever. Yeah, uh, it's it's literally we just don't have enough counter space, and so the microwave died, and we're like, all right, well, uh, my mother uh, wouldn't stop talking about it recently, so we're like, yeah, actually, sure, let's pick one up, and we got it for Costco had a good deal, so. Uh, but enough uh, Black Friday ness. Uh, uh, we're gonna go ahead and talk about one of the big, like the only real huge thing of news, in my opinion. Um, that is the uh, the game, the video game awards uh, for uh, nominations for twenty twenty two, the Keeley Awards or whatever you want to call these. You know, uh, <laughs> recently yeah. they just announced all the games and all the categories for the for what's nominated. And we're just, uh, kind of blindly going to go through this and get our takes of what we feel is uh, for most of the categories. If it's uh, if it, you know some of these are fair, you know I, some of them I don't quite agree with, but you know, like I said, we'll we'll check them out. All right. So so, so uh, yeah. So I guess we'll go ahead and go through. I mean, the the main thing is going to be the game of the year. Uh, do you want to go through that first, or do you want to save that for last? You know what. Uh, Let's go ahead and get to the uh, get to that you know the meat the, juicy bit. the Let's meat of the matter right now. All right, yeah. so uh, yeah, so do you want me to read off what's there? The first half. Yeah, go for it. Okay, I'll go for the first half. All right, uh, first up, a Plague Tale Requiem, then Elden Ring, then God of War Ragnarok. All right, we got uh, so then the second half is uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray. And Xenoblade Chronicles three, okay. so these are the six nominations for Game of the Year. So I've I'll, I'll I have not played half of these games, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I mean you have played some though, right? Like you've played. Yeah. Have you, you did you get a chance to play Stray? Oh yeah, uh, I've played Stray. Now uh, I've I have uh, so God of War. Uh, I actually the library. I have a copy that on reserve so when they get that back in stock it'll go to me you always get to play uh, it okay 
Yeah, well, I, it was one of the things that I just don't have a lot of time for to commit, but like I really want to play God of War. Uh, Elden Ring, I think, all right, I guess, I think that's going to be a huge, you know, it's probably going to be the winner in my guess. It's just, I just think it's going to be the winner, hands down. Uh, I'm, it wouldn't be my personal pick, but I think it's, uh, it's there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play Plague, uh, Plague Tale Requiem before uh, the end of the year, just for my own personal sake. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's, it's on Game Pass, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Horizon Forbidden West is, uh, I do not have access to that, but you do. Uh, but you haven't you haven't even played the first game yet, right? So well, I played I played like ten hours, twelve hours of Horizon okay. Forbidden West. Um, it, it is it is really good. I've played I've played all of these games except for a Plague Tale Requiem. So I, I will I'll dive into that a little bit um, and and kind of look at it. What I am kind of I'm I'm kind of glad about here is um, I mean I have to play a Plague Tale Requiem. To, to be sure. But it seems like this year's selection of games, um, well, this year's games are a lot stronger than last year's, I, I got to be honest. And I there's no game on here that I would be pretty, that I would feel is wrong to select as game of the year like they did last year with uh, It Takes Two. Now, you and I played a little bit of It Takes Two together. Um and it was not, you know, it wasn't bad or anything like that, but, you know, I, I just didn't see any way that it was, I mean, we didn't play a lot of it. We played a couple hours, but yeah, we only made it through the first major like level as it were, you know, we send them. So maybe it picks up and maybe the story gets like super heavy or something. But as know. far as the gameplay goes, like it just didn't, it, it, I mean, maybe, I don't know, I guess I should reserve judgment, but to me, I was like, there's no way that 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 game is game of the year over something like something, something like Metroid. To me, they kind of just wanted to, to, um, to in a weak year, give it to kind of the darling of, of the, the, the critical darling of the year. But you know, that's, I don't see that happening here. I think everything here, um, I would be more or less okay with it winning. I don't think anyone thinks stray has a, legitimate chance to really win or I felt Stray was the one that didn't belong I mean I can see from an artistic standpoint like it you know you always have the um in the Oscars you have like the the art house film that is there because someone thinks it kind of should be or at least it needs to represent a certain niche but I honestly I didn't beat Stray I kind of stopped after I don't know three hours or so Mm -hmm. um and so I was just uh there wasn't enough to really compel me um you know so that's that just like i said it was just something missing there now uh, i've heard i heard that as far as like xenoblade chronicles 3 goes i've heard some really good things about that game and like especially once you once you're committed into it like the latter half it's just apparently it's super amazing but uh and I've heard a couple of people say, like, if, if Elden Ring wasn't here this year, it would be their personal, like, you know, game of the year. Uh, but since in a world without, you know, a year with Elden Ring, uh, I mean, my only thought slash hope that a real contender would be God of War, personally, uh, depending on how that goes out. I've actually managed to stay completely blind to the reviews of God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm really impressed with myself, but I, I don't know squat about it. 
Well, like, yeah, like, like, uh, with Stray, they, that is the critical darling, that one, and maybe a Plague Tale Requiem. People like the first Plague Tale. I don't really know if it got, I don't remember if it got much of a nomination back when the first one came out, but those two are going to be kind of like, eh, yeah, these are like really well-liked games, but, um, but they're not really doing anything, uh, gaming wise that's outside the box or new, um, or really like, I don't know, like, like, uh, they're not like the juggernauts of graphics or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everyone's, everyone's, um, top pick for what they think everybody will think is the game of the year is Elden Ring. Pretty much that's been the the thinking since it came out, since before it came out even. Um, but, but, you know, Horizon Forbidden West is a really beautiful game too. Um, I don't think it's, it'll get, it'll get picked, but it is a, it is a big nod here for me. I think that God of War Ragnarok, like, I think that it could win if it was the first game. Um, but since it's the second game coming out and the first game already got its due back in 2018 as being picked on this award show, um, as best game of the year, you know, I, I think it'd be pretty hard for it to win again, but you never know. I mean, like, how is this chosen? Is this just chosen by like fan vote or by both or what? Um, it's Keely in a panel that I'm aware of. And then there might be some, you know, a lesser percentage maybe by fan that apart. I don't know. I can't say for certain, but uh, like, I'm pretty sure there is Keely in a panel. Uh, so it's not just like him per picking his personal favorite. <laughs> yeah, we're all just who watching direct, who he's Jeff buddies Keighley. with, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're all just watching so. Jeff Keely pick his favorite game of the year. It's like, Oh, that'd be kind of silly. Yeah. I think it should. I think it's good. Um, I think a fan vote, like the the aggregate fan vote should get a probably say at the table, but in general it should be a, a panel. It should be more like the Academy Awards, um, which has its own problems. So corrupt is what you're saying. Corrupt as shit. Corrupt. Yeah, I mean the, the the Academy Awards has its own problems, um, but it does le lend some some credence to it when it's not just the mob deciding what their favorite meme game of the year is. Um, but it's it's a tough thing. But yeah, I think that's pretty much the long and short of the way it's going to shake out. Um, if I was a betting man, I would put my money on Elden Ring to win. But I would also like to see the odds on because um, like if the odds on God of War to win are like really really low, then I would then I would put money on that because 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 uh, if it because it, it could, it could win. God of War Ragnarok, I think it could win. But I think it's going to be Elden Ring overall. Yeah, uh, that's, I, I believe that's, uh, you know, it's not quite locked in for sure. But yeah, I think it has a strong, it's going to be the, the strongest contender. Now, uh, some of these other uh, categories, you know, we'll, we'll kind of gloss over it just a little bit. But uh, unless if you really want to go in depth onto it, Nick. Uh, but like the next category is uh, best game uh, direction, and I'm not sure how they classify game direction. Like, in I wish there was a little bit more nuance to that. Uh, but anyways, the the five games they have nominated on this one would uh, I'll just go ahead and read these ones: is Elden Ring, uh, God of War Ragnarok, 
Horizon Forbidden West, uh, Immortality, and Stray. And I don't know much about Immortality, and I think that one just became available on Game Pass. Um, so that one I hadn't actually, that was on my radar at all. And then it's just, uh, yeah, the other ones are what they are. But I'm because I haven't played most of them, like, I, it's direction just being what directing style the way the game flows i guess you know like so, I, it's i there's well, there's not much explanation on that what is your thought on what they mean by direction so it's kind of a it's kind of a hard thing to to for a a, a normal person who's not in the industry to really understand myself included um i have been doing a little bit of research on game direction in general and I mean, basically, from from what I think about about direction, it's how much how much shit can you go through and still make something good? Because every movie and every game has has a director, and the director's job is is basically to make everybody um, a little bit unhappy to a lot unhappy in order to make the game come out right. Um, and, and so like without knowing exactly what goes on behind the scenes, it's, it's kind of hard to say like what that is, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's like whose vision has been realized the best is, is what I would, I would say. And because, all right, because yeah, I was gonna say in, in my brain, I keep on thinking, going with um, like the flow of a game. And as far as, any open world game those mostly have the worst direction uh because it's it is entirely dependent on who's playing it and how they play it because if you're going to play an open world game uh and you decide to farm the beginning area for whether it be materials leveling or whatever that's going to be a very different experience than someone who's just hitting the objectives cruising through the story the way it's quote unquote meant to be played the only exception to that would be uh, Breath of the Wild, which I may not agree with, but that game had wonderful direction because it was laid out in such a manner to which you are always interested in seeing, uh, you know, what's on that extra peak where there's always something almost wherever you were in the game, there was something of interest leading you, you to the, the next camera point. around yeah. and therefore it would guide you. Yeah. And in, in that direction, making it, you know, flow better. So I think that. You know, it's like that was so, open world done right. Um, okay. You know, I just feel it was too barren in that game. But as far as these games, like uh, Elden Ring, you can choose to skip massive parts of that game if you wanted to. You're like, yeah, I just don't feel like, or by accident, even some people never go south from the starting point and they miss that entire southern area. Well, um, I mean, I think you're looking at game direction as like the way the game directs you. Um, and a more literal thing rather than, than. Well, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking more game flow, like as in like how it it draws you from point A to point B, and yeah, it is it is directing, it is pushing, but at the same time, it's uh how it, it respects your time is kind of like you know trying to you're trying to give me, you're trying to give me the end experience, you know, um, and that's why I think it's harder for an open world game. Uh, something a little more like uh, the God of War, which is 
quote unquote open world, but they're more like smaller vignettes. Like, you know, you have that smaller pocket of area. And so you really only have point A to point B. You know, you're walking in, you know, you by the time you get to your boss or your next objective, it is on the opposite side of said of this like path. Um, so that makes it a lot easier to tell a story. Uh, Stray, for example, it's very it's a lot more confined. Um, so it's it will your experience is a lot more uh, curated that way. So, so like and that's well, the problem is how do you curate an experience for an open world game? Um, and when everyone can express, but I don't uh, think express. But I, but I don't think that they think about it that way. I don't think that's how game direction is defined. I think it's certainly a, f- a factor in it, and like how how a game moves and the flow and stuff. Because uh, an incorrect flow, or uh, it, when it goes off, you know, in some weird direction, uh, that can really mess up the overall experience. But I think what they are going for is like the vision of the game. It's like, did you, as a creator, the director? communicate to me the 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 consumer or in player uh what your intent really was did i did i have fun the way you intended me to have fun did i did i do everything the way you intended it to be and i I would say that that's a this is a place where stray can win um because of because of it being you know such a confined experience and everything that's shown to you is like we're showing you this for this reason, we're having you do this for this reason. That by the end of the game, you've done everything that they that they wanted you to do in the way that you wanted, then the way that they wanted you to do it. Um, and uh, I, I think you're right. Like Horizon Forbidden West is going to have a much harder time with this category because because it is like a completely open world game where you can do whatever you want, and it's like, well, you know, by the time you're done, you might have done you know, 60% or 40% of what the original like direction of the game really wanted you to do. Yeah. And that's what, that's why I was talking about how a game is curated, you know, because how, you know, it's something so secretly uh, immortality might be the sleeper you know, win that we don't know anything about. So I, I did look so. up immortality just now and it, it looks like a very strange art house game. I, I'm just from the, from the screenshots I'm seeing, it looks uh, very odd. Um, I don't really see how it is a, it is a game, but uh, it looks like there's just a lot of really strange stuff going on here, almost like an FMV game. Uh, but so this is another place. This is another game that could win Best Direction because of the this you know the strangeness of it and the intent that the director had. If it's carried out really well, then it can it can come through in this category. All right, so let's uh, all right for the fun of it, uh, we both are just uh, we're both thinking game of the year is probably going to be Elden Ring, uh, but then just without you know with what you know, who do you think is or is going to take home the uh, best game direction? Well, this is another place where I think Elden Ring could also do it because it is such a even though it is open world, it is very well. Um, the the intent of what they're trying to do does come out pretty well, even in the short eighteen hours that I put into it. Um, but I don't know. I think I don't know, man. This is this is one of those places where I just I just don't know. I think Horizon Forbidden West loses out. I really don't know much about Immortality. 
But I would say if I had to pick one, I would probably say Stray, even with the limited amount of Ragnarok that I played. I would say Stray. This would be where they would pick that. See, um, I can I can see that, but I'm going to go ahead and... So I honestly think it's probably going to be Elden Ring, but what I would put my... I put my coin behind is uh, God of War, uh, just because the way that story, the first game, the story played played out, uh, and the the overall you know, how I look back at it, I'm like, all right, I think they can pull off, uh, I think they can pull it off, uh, possibly. So I'm going to go without having played God of War Ragnarok. That's what I'm putting my, my coin behind. So, I think that's fair. uh, we'll see, we'll see, uh, oh, uh, by the way, uh, probably, uh, this is all going to go down on the 8th of December. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see, uh, next, next time we record, uh, how many of them we got right. Uh, that's, <laughs> We shall see. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. What's the next category then? The best performance. Um, Ashley Birch for Horizon Forbidden West. Charlotte McBurney for A Plague Tale Requiem. Christopher Judge for God of War Ragnarok. Manon Gage for Immortality. And Sonny Suliak for God of War Ragnarok. I'm assuming Christopher Judge is Kratos and Sonny is uh the boy right yeah christopher judge is uh kratos um uh i i can't remember his name now but he's in the star trek uh star trek or not star trek stargate sg1 he's uh and so he was my favorite character in that yeah yeah i can't remember his name now i'm just drawing a blank uh so um, i never watched stargate sg1 but uh I would like to. I've heard it's. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I've heard a lot of good things about it over the years. Um, yeah, I. I don't know. Like, I need to go play Playtale Requiem. I'm sure Charlotte uh, McBurney is doing a really good job on that. And then Immortality. I guess I got to pick that up now because that's coming up again and again. Um, and I really just didn't know anything about this game. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you know who who won the year that good uh, the original God of War or God of War 2018 came out? Um, okay, so this is best performance, and by and of course, performance by actor or, or actress. Uh, but the uh, I don't remember, and you know, it's like it's just funny because when I saw best performance, my brain went to like, uh, like game quality, <laughs> like <laughs> game that played best of the like quality of smoothness and then not no, glitchy or framey as hell. <laughs> You're that just the... shows you where my brain went immediately. And I'm like, oh, I, I saw like when the moment you read names, I'm like, oh, okay, they mean actor, you know, like actual skilled people, not quality of gameplay. <laughs> okay, um, no, it's for this one. Uh, I just remembering based off of you know the first Horizon, uh, you know, Aloy was good, but not. I don't. I'm not sure how much they've changed in the next one, but like I just never felt it was up to, you know, a certain quality. Um, I, wow, oh, this is one that I just kind of don't know much about. I mean, it was just Plague Tale. You know, like I said, you mentioned maybe good, but also we got to play Immortality now. I guess we really do. Yeah, uh, kind of came out of nowhere in my uh, like. I was never on my radar, and all of a sudden now it's here. I didn't even so. know it existed. Uh, yeah, I'm looking. I'm pretty sure it's on Game Pass. So I'll, I can, you know. So I will speak a little bit to Ashley Burge's performance in Horizon Forbidden West. I'm sure she has some baller stuff um, 
at the end of the game, which I haven't reached. But I mean, I can say that for as far as I as far in the game as I am, I did notice immediately that her performance was pretty great. Like um, a lot of the other actors in the game and voice acting in the game is good. It's all really good, but um, she uh, she outshines everybody. Every scene, um, you're kind of just waiting for what she's going to say. Uh, she takes scenes that are that are just meh or throwaway, and um, and adds uh, like life to them. Like there's some there's some stuff in the game that is not super well acted. And you're kind of like, okay, okay. But she, you can tell she is not pulling back um, on her acting ability at all, even in scenes that are, that are maybe less important. So I, I would say that, I mean, from, from what I can see, they might give it to her um, over somebody like Christopher Judge, because again, we've, you know, already seen this stuff. Uh, and I actually, from as much as I have played of Ragnarok, Christopher judges. There's a couple parts where it is kind of like, okay, it, it is a little bit ho-hum. Um, he is giving it his all in certain parts, but other parts, uh, some of the in-between dialogue and stuff, it's kind of like, okay, well that's, that's just sort of him, you know, you know, um, I think in God of War, if you're going to have a, a character show like range it, it'll be you know uh this you know the kid right so in this case uh sunny uh it's or the actor uh sunny uh Sil siljic i'm i'm not sure how to pronounce I'm a, that i'm assuming that j uh, is like a like a like a, a north european j so it's like a y like okay siljic siljic think. yeah so uh not a spanish j uh so like <laughs> Silvic. Um, but yes, anyway, sorry for completely murderizing this name. Uh, but that would be the spot in, in a God of War game. Just, uh, you know, offhandedly, I would be like, yeah, that's the character who has the most range, the most growth, the most emotional anything, right? Because Kratos has always been this, you know, mountain of a man who, you know, shows very little. And that's why when they do get emotional, that's what's supposed to make it so um, impactful. Because like, oh, Finally, a kink in the armor or something like that. You know, there's there is a human under there, but no, it's in this case. Uh, I think all that acting range should would probably end up going to um, the son. And is it the same kid as the first one? I mean, I know the character is the same, but is the actor the same? That I don't know. I didn't know the actor, uh, the the character name for the first one either. Uh, but you said that immortality looked like an FMV game and you had me at fmv so i was just like i really have to play this now because i love me some old uh fmv style games so, so uh yeah it is it's uh still atreus is still played by the same actor sunny um as okay. 2018 um you bring up a really good point which means that which means that the kid that actor could have you know as, as personal growth would really show too i think so when you're that young you know, you you would actually, you know, you'd have more room for sure. Well, you know, as much as I have played, uh, um, which is only about th three to five hours somewhere in there, um, I did notice immediately that I was like, oh, Matreus is is better actor this time, but I didn't realize it was the same kid, just grown up. So uh, yeah, I think that he has a good shot. Um, got to play Immortality and uh, Requiem, but 
but uh, just for the growth alone so far without really too many highly emotional scenes under my belt as far as what I've seen uh, he definitely um has a good shot of of winning because of that like you said yeah so yeah that's that's exactly it I'd put my my token behind uh to Sunny there uh for God of War Ragnarok but at the same time the, my second bet if I had to have one would be uh immortality just because i love like there's no fmv games are notoriously cheesy and bad and i absolutely love them for that uh playing the old sega cd games and everything like, like there's uh, so many of them on there uh so i personally I, i'm i'm secretly rooting for immort immortality on this one not knowing a, a single thing about this game except for what you just told me oh so, uh, we'll yeah. see man we'll see how it goes um <laughs> all right so next category is um best multiplayer all right so we have god of war or not god of war <laughs> sorry oh man i'm tired uh no uh call of duty very similar to god of war pretty much uh, pretty much the same this is like the same game kratos can easily murder a bunch of people uh no uh call of duty modern warfare 2 all right so i'm i assume they're they're meaning the uh, the new Warzone too, but they could just be meaning the individual maps on this. They or they're if they're calling no, everything, you there's know, so no Modern Warfare Two was was like a re-release remaster. Yep. Thing. Uh, and but they're also they're also revamping Warzone at the same time. So I'm not sure if they're considering like two for one. So Warzone Two, I think, is a different thing. I think this Call of Duty Warfare, Modern Warfare Two is. An official release from this year yeah it is uh and the the new maps like so i'm okay. wondering if it's so they're just going based off the old you know the quote-unquote new or old maps but the, uh, an actual map style and the old style gameplay not just the battle royale yeah uh, but anyways so called uh call of duty uh modern warfare 2 you got the uh multiverse uh which is that uh multiverse platform yeah, multiverse. It's the platform brawler, which we've um, Tunes, which no longer right? has police in it. So, oh yeah, <laughs> thanks to your reporting from before. Uh, and then there's uh, Overwatch two, uh, Splatoon three, and uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Uh, I think that multiverses has a an actual surprisingly good shot because the fandom behind that is pretty strong. I personally am just going to go straight towards uh, Shredder's Revenge because I had fun playing with you and a couple of my other friends. Uh, I think that was the best time I had with any of those games. Uh, granted, I didn't play Call of Duty and I don't play Splatoon. I just, I just don't. I thought uh, about getting Splatoon 3, but I was like, ah, I got too much other shit to play. Yeah, so... I don't know. What do you think about this one? Who do you think is going to walk away with this? Um, I think that it's either going to be Multiversus or Overwatch 2. Um, the only game that I have actually played is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. And it, it was good. Um, it, it was good, but it's not uh, It's not something that, that sticks on your bones, as it were. Um, I would say that I have been really surprised at the reception of multiverses a lot of people talk about it it's been in the news like we've said um and it has a it has a, a a pretty loyal following and people are surprised by it overwatch 2 is brand new and i have seen a lot of people playing it and talking about it 
um saying it's, it's there's also been a lot of hate and negativity towards it so yeah that that maybe maybe that might be a factor too i think call of duty modern warfare 2 is i mean that could win it just depends on what the panel thinks but I don't I get multiverses is the is is going to happen because it's uh of it's more like the fan favorite slash it's, some, it's something new it's something different it's not like you you know people would be upset I think if they went with um, a a Call of Duty because it's like oh it's the same old the same old right it's nothing yeah different. that is kind of the thing I was trying to put my finger on but you did so well about Modern Warfare is that it is sort of just well it's another Call of Duty uh doing the same thing but slightly better so that and that and overwatch 2 and splatoon 3 you know they're all the second and third iterations of what they're talking about or or beyond so multiverses might be the only thing that's doing something unique enough new enough different enough that it gets uh, elected selected um as for the best multiplayer yeah, so I I think multiverses, or at least I'm going to root for multiverses, but secretly I'd rather have TMNT, but that was my only, out of my personal time, I enjoyed my time with that. But then again, it depends on who you're playing with, right? Yeah. Um, so, all right, uh, the next category. You want to do that one or you want me to? Go for it, man. Best ongoing game. Nominees are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, The Witch Queen, Final Fantasy XIV, Endwalker, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. So I know you are extensively into all of these, right? So I have definitely definitely played all of them. Uh, honestly, I, I think that um, Final Fantasy fourteen could win because uh, because it's I don't know. I just every time you hear anyone talk about Final Fantasy fourteen, they just love it. They just love Final Fantasy fourteen. I've never gotten into it. I've never been an MMO person, uh, but. But every time it is talked about, it is like, oh, it's like really good. It's really good now. So I yeah, if I remember correctly, they actually when like the latest, uh, I I, don't, I thought it was when the Endwalker came out, they had to shut down their, um, uh, shut down for a while to be like, we are being so overloaded with new people, we actually can't let new people sign in anymore. We have to keep to just to make the servers for our current users. We're gonna stop all new memberships, and like that, they did that for a while. I, and I'm pretty sure it was with this latest expansion, and it could have been with the one beforehand. But it was just like that's how uh, like fervent like the, the fan base is. They're like, yeah, they uh, people keep on flocking to it. There's not much else, and everyone keeps on saying like the new every time they release something new. Like this is like one of the greatest pieces of like RPG content. Period. Let alone MMO. Um, yeah. There's a lot of great story all behind there. I've heard nothing, nothing really bad about it for a while, and I think that is a, it is my clear, uh, clear winner to win. With the only caveat of something like Fortnite being such a, um, a popular thing as in pop culture referencing, but I still think uh, I, I, I would be upset if Final Fantasy did not win this one. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I also think uh, about uh, how much people like Genshin, Genshin Impact. People really like it. They say it's actually a really great game. It's only the um, you know free to play aspects of it that uh, that people don't like. But yeah, I mean it. It, it could. Um, I, th I think I'm with you on Final Fantasy. I don't really know much about Destiny too. I don't really listen to people who 
who play Destiny anymore. Uh, so I don't know how it's been going, but maybe it's been going well. I don't know, but my guess would be Final Fantasy fourteen and Walker is uh, the favorite to win. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one is going to be uh, best art direction. So we're looking at Elden Ring, uh, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, and Stray. So Scorn being the only one of these we haven't heard yet so far. And this one is also on uh, Game Pass. And this is the uh, the Geiger, um, you know, H.G. Geiger, like, modeled uh, character design. So it uh, has that aliens slash um, species, like, art aesthetic. Uh, Very gross, uh, organic machine. Everything's wet and yeah. disgusting. Uh, so that that is... Uh, it may not be an art art direction for everyone, but it is certainly an art direction. It is uh, a direction to go. <laughs> uh, well, same can be said about Elden Ring. I mean, not everything. Elden Ring is beautiful, but man, it has a certain flair. I think honestly, I think this one has to go to Elden Ring as well. Uh, before, like I don't know, God of War. The the previous one was had really good art and stuff like that, but it's kind of. I don't know, just Elden Ring does what it does so well. Uh, you got the quiet moments when you're just looking off in the distance and you have at night and you're seeing the, the trees just glowing yellow. And you, you're like, wow, this is really actually really pretty for what it is. And then you have all the manner of monstrosities that you have to kill or run from and die from. And they are done so very well, even though it may be disturbing to you. Yeah, Elden Ring, every moment in Elden Ring is crafted. Um to be what it should be like the, the lighting, the, the colors are always spot on. Um, God of War Ragnarok. Uh, I will say from what I've seen so far, the, um, it, it is, it is, it is better in, they have more different kinds of places to go, uh, earlier on in the game. So you're not kind of just running into the same, you know, I see, variation on icy you know places and uh so i've enjoyed that aspect of of the of the art there for horizon forbidden west um man it is a really beautiful game too it is a absolutely gorgeous game and i would say that if there was a best um the best photo op or best photography ability category then horizon forbidden west would win because there are some pictures that I've seen people uh, take that I posted on Reddit that are freaking amazing from Horizon Forbidden West. Like, I don't know how they got the camera to do that. I'm, I'm suspecting there's some kind of mods or whatever. But the graphics that they're taking a picture of are definitely in-game generated. And it is, it is, uh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what games can do now. Um but yeah, for that first game had a, had an incredible photo mode actually, and it was a great character, uh, you know, like posing uh, system as well. So you can have her pose like I remember you can have her laying on her stomach with her knees bent up, like legs interlocked, like just <laughs> like silly, you know, like cutesy poses. And then you'd be, but you'd be doing this on top of a, a spire, and you're <laughs> like, this is a weird way to like, or like you can change, you know, just. A lot of hand, you know, like gestures, and they had one of the most amazing photo modes in the first game. 
Just unfortunately, I didn't play around with it too much. I maybe that's where really it's coming from to, them. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not really one to play with those too often in games. So I'll so, just say that you know, it doesn't surprise me that game has an amazing photo mode. It's very vibrant. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I didn't know the first one had that extensive of a thing, and I, I started to play. I tr- tried to play around with it, but I couldn't figure out how people were doing some of the things they were doing. But that makes sense now that uh, you can actually do modeling or, or whatever. Um, yep. For 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 Scorn and Stray, I think uh, Stray has really good art direction. It it is uh it is very well made, but um. I don't know. It it is also sort of just par for the course in some aspects. To me, it didn't really wow me some of the, the way that some of the other games have. And Scorn is just so different. It's just uh, so different than what you normally see. And so much of a, I mean, if there's any game where uh, of the year where you can take one screenshot of it at any point and know exactly what game you're talking about or what game you're showing. It is scorn more than anything else. All right. So what do you think is going to take away with that one? Man. Um, I don't think they're going to give everything to Elden Ring, but I think that this would be a place where it would be come in high. If not win, then be runner up. And if not, then this might be a place where they give something like horizon forbidden West. Cause it's going to be hard for horizon forbidden West to win much of anything else, but but here I think that uh, they would go okay. They, they did an amazing job, and we're going to give it to Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah, uh-huh, I can see it. I can see that. Once again, it's it's a it's the vibrant colors, and they, it really pushed like you can tell the difference quality between you know quote unquote last gen and current gen. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So it's kind of like them you know flexing their muscles on that, like look you know the underwater you know and stuff like that. So dude, it is a hundred percent a next gen game. That's for sure. So we got here uh, the best score. I'll let you read this one off. So we have A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Metal Hellsinger, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I have not played Metal Hellsinger. I'm going to look that up. But um, Yeah, so Metal Hellsinger, I've only seen this on sale recently, and it's under like the music category. <laughs> so at least that's what... Uh, um, it's had some like I, I forget what it was. It was on PlayStation or something like that, and it popped up under like music, and I'm like, interesting. Um, and it's gotten really good reviews from what, uh, or at least on Steam. I remember like when I saw it there as well. It's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, it's different. I had hadn't seen a trailer or anything about it. It just, I don't know. At first, first glance, it's like, yeah, it's trying to do something like uh, Doom, but apparently the game is supposed to be very different. Uh, so. Yeah, I can't really say much about that score. Uh, I just honestly will probably say right away that Xenoblade Chronicles, being the JRPG it is, uh, probably has the right to win this one. And I'm, that's just what I'm going to back right off the bat. I mean, for what I played of Elden Ring, I don't really remember any of the music just blowing my socks off. I think it was probably. I think there wasn't a lot of music though. That's the thing. So that's like whenever you did hear it, you're like, oh yeah. But it was there wasn't like I there's nothing. There's not a memorable ditty tune or nothing like that in my in my memory of that game. Yeah, and I I will say that um, you know Xenoblade Chronicles three, uh, which is a, which is scored by Yasunori 
Itsuda, who did um, my favorite score of all time uh, in Chrono Cross um, and Chrono Trigger. He, he also did that as well. Um, so he's been around for a very long time. And, uh, you know, like it is, it is, um, it is a really good score. The, the, uh, battle, the battle song, he definitely got right in this one. Um, it, it's a very memorable, awesome, like little ditty. So, I mean, if it were me picking, I would definitely pick, you know, Blade Chronicles three, um, even kind of sight unseen on some of these others. Um, God of War Ragnarok is good, but it, I think it's probably more of the same. So um, I need to play Metal Hellsinger though, because uh, that might uh, I might have some something to say as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm like I said for that one, I'm just straight up backing Xenoblade on that hands down. <laughs> uh, it's the only you know I mean unfortunately I haven't played Plague's Tale, so I can't say much about it. Um, and if God of War is anything, uh, Ragnarok's anything like the predecessor, it's okay, but nothing like it. I remember the first one not wowing me. So, uh, but what, so what are you backing up on this one? For best score? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to stick with Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I, th- I think that yeah. that's what, well, for what would actually win, yeah, I'd probably say Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I mean, like I said, uh, Metal Hellsinger, unfortunately not having played it or heard slash heard it, uh, I can't, you know, like this, that one could seriously have uh, an amazing, you know, it made it here. So as a nominee, so there must have something to back it, but you know, it'd be worth listening to at least. Uh, All right. Best audio design. Uh, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, uh, Elden Ring, uh, God of War, Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7, and uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Now, I can understand why Call of Duty is on this because you know the sound of the many different guns. Uh, that's that seems like what it's there for. You got a lot of you know explosions and such. Uh, Elden Ring did not really impress me much with the sound design. I I played that game mostly with headphones on as well, and I just nothing was too memorable about it. It wasn't like I was hearing. I don't know. Just there was just nothing like too significant about that uh got you know got a war uh i i don't know the uh, ragnarok but if it's anything like the first one uh it's got I, like the the axe swinging and the you know like and the cr- i remember recalling the axe in the first one had a good sound to it but there was only a couple key things it wasn't like as a overall like you know when you make impact and stuff like that you know there was some notices but it wasn't I feel like you get more more sound effects or quality sound from like a Mortal Kombat game. I I would say that the you know Call of Duty Modern Warfare probably probably has the best sound design here. I haven't played it, but I it Gran probably... Turismo would be the, the the next one. I would say is I'd say Gran Turismo is made for sound design. It yeah, it's like it's it's half the experience is looking at the cars, and the other half is the sound of the engines. The, this would be the, the the category where those two games would shine because their sound design is so important for the feel of the game. I I think that uh, God of War Ragnarok would probably win of the uh, compared to the other three, Elden Ring and, and Horizon for Forbidden West, because of it has such a good crunch to the killing and to the uh recalling of of the of the axe and and the the uh, the glaives um See, i remember i remember horizon uh the original having good sound design as well cuz the machines uh when 
they would hunt for you. You can hear the, you know, the whirring of the, their motors. Yeah, and, that's good too. Uh, or when you were taking them down, that you can hear them like explode. Or when you take off a weak point, you'll hear it pop or something like that. I remember those sound effects being pretty solid. Uh, but that was really about it for that one. But once again, I'm, you know, I'm talking all about uh, last gen. So yeah, I yeah. uh, can't really contest much to the current one. I don't know. I, I mean, I would think uh, if Gran Turismo 7 is anything like uh, Forza Horizon 5 that came out last year, um, some good sounds, some good sounds, but probably Modern Warfare has, uh, to me, is probably going to win it. But I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a real it's a toss up. I think I'll go Gran Turismo uh, first, and then with the Call of Duty second is what I'd end up doing. Uh, so just the opposite of you, it sounds like. Dude, all right. I just now looked at how long this list of games, how long this list of categories is. Dude, it's that's really why long. Joking. That's why I, saw, I talked about man. We should maybe skip a few of these. Like some of one of them was like, uh, uh best uh, like esports coach, and I'm like, I'm sorry, man, I don't know any of you guys. Um, so I just have to omit that one because I just it's not my field. Do you want to like maybe both pick the uh, each of us pick one more category? Um, or do you want to do a let's several pick, more? Let's just, let's pick like uh, two more categories. And so I'll go with uh, the best narrative. Okay. Uh, so the best narrative is uh, a plague tale Requiem, mm-hmm. uh, Elden ring, uh, God of war, Ragnarok horizon forbidden West and immortality. So there's immortality again. I really need to play this game now, especially <laughs> since it has a it's on narrative, and I'm a huge fan of. As it's like I, this might be my secret game of the year. It seems without <laughs> knowing squat about it. <laughs> it's like tailor made for you, and yet you still ignored it throughout the year. How could you? Joe's um, like, Joe's like immortality game of the year. Nick's like, did you play it? Nope, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> FMV. Enough said. Uh, um but uh let's see okay so as far as a narrative goes i think elden ring doesn't belong on here yeah they're just <laughs> it lacks now. a narrative <laughs> like it's of, of all games that has some of one of the worst um like the narrative is there if you read it i was gonna say really hunt for i'm sure it. if you dig for it like really hard it's probably got a badass narrative but i am not but i don't think that that's a makes a good narrative if you have to really dig through all the comment sections and all of the video game websites. So I'm uh, I honestly think uh, this is where something like a Plague Tale Requiem really has a good spot, uh, time to shine, uh, because it is such a curated thing. It's uh, I don't know about you know God of War One was fun had a had a good bit overall i remember that my experience was pretty good and i think horizon uh the original horizon the narrative was the only reason like most people i I got tired of the gameplay but i'm like but the story is what drove them to finish uh and i i would agree the story was was interesting fun i don't know anything enough about the second one so i can't say for sure so it's a it's a really hard one you know it's kind of a toss-up on this in my opinion yeah um the only two I've played that I would actually consider, because I wouldn't consider Elden Ring, um, are God of War and Horizon. I think that God of War is, it has the pieces set up um, from the first game to to really start cooking 
and have a really good narrative. It is it's building slowly, but they've they've introduced some some good characters as the antagonists, and it's uh it's it's getting pretty good even even early early going. Horizon Forbidden West is in a similar thing though. Um, problem is that I didn't play the first Horizon. They do give you a crash course on the and what happened in the first game, but but uh, from what I've played of Forbidden West, um, it feels to me like it's starting over, um, in more ways than God of War is. So I think that God of War. Uh, of the two has a better prospect on story, but uh, yeah, Plague Tale and Immortality got to got to play those and and then have a better idea of what what's going to win. How about you? What do you think? All right, so so I'm sorry, you're going so you're you're putting your backing behind which one exactly? I guess without having played everything, I guess God of War is what I'm going to guess is All going right. to win. I'm going to go purely based on stupidity of myself uh, immortality hands down uh <laughs> with the with the realisticness of i think plague tale has a really strong chance actually uh plague tale would be my real my real vote but like my personal stake is like immortality <laughs> <laughs> it's just i know is... nothing about this game and i'm uh... like i want it to be i i'm expecting it to be like i don't know just so many of these uh, fmv games have been just so cheesy and so out there and like so I that's what I'm thinking when I think narrative. I think it's going to be like bonkers and it may be completely different. So, yeah, hopefully I'll talk to you next time on the podcast and I'll have played through this and I can be like, I can give you my real statement on it. Um, yeah, so that's it. Uh, Plague Tale will probably is what will take it home, but I'm I'm rooting for uh, immortality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So, what do you what do you want to pick for your next category? I'm having trouble. Um, I can pick one right away. Then. No, no, no. I I, I can uh, do it. I I can do it. I'm just kind of looking at it. I'm trying to pick between best action game, best action adventure game, and best RPG. So, I think I'm just going to go with best action game. Um, so, the nominees are Bayonetta three, Call of Duty Modern Warfare two, Neon White, Sifu, and TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Uh, what do you think um, is going to take it home here? All right. I honestly don't believe uh, Sifu will win best uh, action game. It has really cool scenes, but not enough people played it. And it wasn't uh, the way the game's built because it's uh, it's a little, it's more difficult. Yeah. It kind of stops the flow of gameplay and doesn't it kind of that because of that uh having to restart a bunch i feel that it's not going to uh have be memorable in a positive light for a lot of people um uh i honestly think uh uh bayonetta 3 is has a good chance but so does neon white i haven't played it but i had seen a lot of gameplay of it and neon white is, has a very unique style to it as well uh it's one of the spots where neon white has a has a really good chance uh stylistically uh action game for call of duty yeah of course it's an action game i just feel that it doesn't it, more people it's like yeah it's just another call of duty so uh my thought would be i i'm gonna like to root for neon white um and i'll think that you know it's yeah because when you think 
you know, like TMNT, uh, it's it has it's an it is a traditional like action game. Your old, you know, video game boxes would say action right on the top, uh, but it's not quite the uh, the over the topness that I think most people would relate to, like a Devil May Cry or a Bayonetta. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna go with Neon White, and then with you know, like, and Bayonetta would probably be a strong second contender. I think that Sifu should win this category. Um, played 10, 12 hours of Sifu, and it's really freaking hard. It is really, really, really freaking hard, um, especially as you kind of see what you have to do to continue to get better. Um, but, like, as a game, as an action game, it is doing stuff that's different than really any other action game I've ever played. And the action in it is really good. It's really true uh, to what it's trying to do. Um, what I think will actually win uh, is probably Bayonetta 3. I think Bayonetta 3 has enough clout behind it, has enough people playing it, has a bit of the zeitgeist uh, going into the season, uh, and it came out later in the year. So I think that is probably what they will choose. It is... It is a bit more, I don't know if it's more pure or less pure of an action game, but it is what you think of when you think of action game. Um, and I think that is probably what is, is going to win. Neon White, I need to play that too, I guess. Um, but uh, I would say probably Bayonetta is uh, is going to win. All right. Uh, my last pick of categories is going to be best action adventure game. Uh, <laughs> very similar to yours, but not quite. Uh, so yeah, action adventure. So we're looking at uh, a Plague Tale Requiem, uh, God of War Ragnarok, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Tunic. Uh, I am surprised. I guess I wasn't. I wouldn't have thought a Plague Tale Requiem would really fit under this category. Uh, that's that's one of the things that's like wow. That that took me by surprise kind of stray as well i mean yeah i understand but like it's not what i think when i think traditional action adventure game like i think of both those games and i could be wrong about a plague tale but i think of both those games more as puzzle as a puzzle game than really yeah. action adventure per se but for me it's like hands down uh tunic just tunic running away with it granted yes you can have a good good uh god of war uh is you know, God of War and Horizon are very... They do belong in this uh, category. Uh, I think maybe... Uh, just you know, going based off of the, the older games, I think God of War might have uh, a more fun time, you know, because it's... It flows a bit... I think the combat flows better than uh, Horizon did. But, you know, I'm not sure how they changed it up with the sequels. Uh, so I would say, you know, God of War maybe a second, but I, I like Tunic so much, and that game is is what I think a quintessential action-adventure game. Tunic uh, should probably win whatever categories it gets selected for because it is a... That's a weird game, man. That's a... It's a weird, good... Like, you start playing it and you're like... It's just doing something something kind of special. Um, it is Dark Soulsy, you know, but in, in some of the weirdness of it, but it is... Uh, it's... It's good. It's it's its own. It definitely is its own thing, and it's not apologetic, and it's freaking well made. So yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, with that being said, I would say what I would pick is Tunic from this 
category what I think they will actually pick. Yeah, I think, yeah, they will actually pick t- Tunic because because of what I just said and also because those other games, you know, they're, they're action-adventure, sure, but but it doesn't it doesn't quite stack up to the adventure aspect maybe i don't know um horizon forbidden west i could see winning this as well but yeah i think tunic all right what's your last one so my last one uh is best rpg um so it just went straight down the list right there but uh so what we've got here nominees are elden ring live alive Pokemon Legends Arceus, Triangle Strategy, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So um, I'll go ahead and say that I hated Triangle Strategy. I am looking forward very much to talking a lot about it in our Game of the Year discussions. Um, So I'll save uh, my loathing disregard for Triangle Strategy for that time. Um, I think that um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is, man, as a true old school RPG, JRPG, that takes the cake. But as like a PC RPG, Elden Ring is really, is really up there. But, um, but to me, I think Xenoblade Chronicles is a truer, is a truer RPG. I think Elden Ring has too many action elements too many action adventure elements to to be as true an RPG, but um, that's kind of splitting hairs. Um, I would say Xenoblade Chronicles three. So I would pick to win. What would actually win? Ooh, I don't know. I'm pretty up in the air. What do you think? All right. Um, I don't think Elden Ring really belongs here. <laughs> it's uh. It doesn't belong to be in every category. Um, <laughs> it's not, but it's. I mean, you know, it's it's as great of a game as it is. I I don't. I don't know. Just I personally don't think it fits here as well. Uh, but on that note, I also think uh, Pokemon Legends uh, Arceus. I think that's it does fit, but it doesn't at the same time. Um, it does what it does do. It does well. I think. Uh, I did not have a, as bad of a time with uh, Triangle Strategy. Now, I, I still haven't finished it, but I, I got some good gameplay in it, and I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, I can see people being happy about that. Uh, I would na- naturally gravitate towards uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, the one caveat is Live Alive. Now, Live Alive is a remake of a a game that never came out to the U.S., if I remember correctly. Uh, so that one would probably be the sleeper winner. Uh, it's, but it's the matter of who played it. I don't know many people who actually played it. Um, and you, do you, it's an, it's like if they did, uh, redid Final Fantasy, like, you know, six, you know, it's like, is it fair to bring out an old game, (laughs) polish it up and then be like, yeah, here's this masterpiece. Now enjoy in all its glory and give it an award now um, well i mean if I... a lot of work went into localization and everything like that you know so there is they it's not like they didn't like it's not just a simple port you know yeah well i mean if final fantasy 6 was re-released you know now it, it would it would man it would be up there for best game of the year 
you know, even in a soundtrack, it would, yeah, that might run the table. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit of a different thing. I I don't know. Like I do want to play, I did want to play live alive. I just, just never had time to go out and, and try to play it and choosing to spend that much money on it as well when everything else was out. Um, so I don't know. Right. Yeah, you're right. That is that is the one that could be the sleeper hit for this category. You know, I'm kind of wondering how what the odds are of Elden Ring, you know, just doing a Dances with Wolves or a Titanic or a, you know, Return of the King where it just runs the table and wins almost every category that it's actually in. I don't think that's as I don't think that's very likely, but but it's certainly a possibility. It certainly it is. Could happen. I, I I don't like I, said, I don't believe it deserves um to be classified as best RPG. I feel that it lacks a lot of like it. I feel like it lacks a lot of what, what I would consider more traditional or action like RPG elements. It's just I don't know. It's it because well, it's hard to say right because most games now um, open world games have RPG elements in them. You have God of War where you're putting points and you're choosing how to spec out, you know, uh, you can, all these games, open world games have something for you to level up. So does that then make it like, you know, uh, a Western or PC RPG? Yeah. I mean, everything's uh, an RPG I, now. Yeah. Yeah, even, exactly. Even you, Call of you, Duty. Have, you know, there's a, there's a difference between, uh, you know, your old, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, or something like that, where, you had, you know, you really picked a class. It really made a difference. You had so many points to pick, like really diving deep. But like most, any like any open world game has some sort of leveling in it. The well, matter, the question is, do you get to choose? How much do you get to choose? I would say that so much like, as as like as like presentation matters. Elden Ring does have that old school PC RPG aspect to it of these are your stats and you can, and you, every time you level, you move them up by so many points and it's all just laid out right there. Just like the old, like the, the PC RPGs of old, of old. Yeah. Do. I mean, at the same time though, you can, you can argue for other things that have RPG elements into them like that. Like you technically level up in uh saints row. I mean, yeah, you know, everything you you, you gain, ex- you literally gain experience, you gain a new level, you gain a new skill, then you can choose between the amount of skills you get, which ones you hotkey, and there you go. Yeah. Um, but it's not, you know, it's, it's much different than say Final Fantasy X Sphere Grid, where you really get to choose a path and really screw yourself if you go the wrong way. Uh, so what would you say? So, what would you pick to, uh, to win best RPG here? Oh, um, I would say... I would say Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is what I'd go with. Um, as far as the mainstream, there is there's a high chance, I think, that Live Alive is actually a strong competitor. Uh, it's a strong second. Um, because there's there's enough people who, like I said, that one got really good reviews, but I, I almost feel like it doesn't... It's a hard one. I don't want to say it doesn't deserve to be on here, because it, it kind of does, because it never got recognition the first time around, because this is the first time it got brought over. Yeah. But because, like I said, you're bringing over what was known to be a great game, uh, it's almost cheating, right? So, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to back uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Yeah, I think that's probably... That's definitely what I would pick. Um, I think they, they might pick it, depending on if they give it to... Um, if they give uh, best score to Xenoblade Chronicles, then they they might not give it to this. But if you know the reverse, 
the first might also be true, but uh, I would say probably Xenoblade Chronicles three is what they'll they'll choose. But yeah, okay. All right, then just because we're done, like we both finished our last, I just saw this one and I'm like, I was gonna bring this up. So, um, the most anticipated game, uh, we have here, oh, wow. they, they have listed Final Fantasy uh, 16, you have Hogwarts Legacy, uh, Resident Evil 4, uh, Starfield, and The Legend of Zelda uh, Tears of the Kingdom. So, because we had just before uh, we started recording, we had talked about a couple of these games, actually. I felt it was very relevant, and especially coming up to the end of the year and looking into the future. Yeah, out of this list, what do you think is your personal uh, most anticipated? My personal most anticipated um, is probably Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, um, but... Hogwarts Legacy has me intrigued just from the screenshots I've seen. I wonder what that's going to really be. It looks great, but what it actually plays like is going to be, you know, that can make or break it. Um, Final Fantasy 16. I don't care for the, 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 the protagonist. The way that he looks doesn't interest me. Um, and Final Fantasy has been pretty bad. The mainline ones have been pretty bad for for a good long time. So I I have a feeling that I'm not going to... I just am not getting hyped for it at all. I'll play it probably, but whatever. RE4, um, watching the gameplay for that, I was like... It looks... I don't know. It's We're getting into the point where I don't know if we really need the remasters for, for RE4 five and six um, because they already looked as, you know, so good as it is, but you know, we'll see. And Starfield, oh, Starfield's another one, another one where I was like, I don't know about this gameplay. It looks like uh, no man's Skyrim as people started to joke about. So yeah, t- t- Legend of Zelda, I think it's gonna be the same game, but more of Breath of the Wild. But you know, I am probably that, that one or Hogwarts I'm most excited about. How about you? What do you think? All right. Well, uh, I it's more like more or less. There's only one clear one for me, and everything else is more of a, uh, not even remotely on my radar. <laughs> is it RE4? <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm it. uh, it's all right. So it's not. It's not the fact that I'm really like super hyped about it. It's I'm curious to see what they do. I genuinely really like. Uh, re2 and re3 remakes uh, i like re3 re- remake more than most people did uh you know that one got a lot of flack uh but i honestly think it was it was solid now it's not just about um the visuals being updated but it's also about uh simple quality of life things uh you know there's certain gameplay elements that we can have more uh, more fun with now and you know, it's less. I also, I don't think RE4 is as like this uh, this holy thing that you cannot touch. And that's why a lot of people are like, no, it's uh-huh. it's you know, it's it is what it is. I'm like, no, it's it's fine to remake it. I I think, but at the same time, uh, I don't mind five and six being remade either because, uh, five, I like five despite as much people as hated that game. Uh, but that's only because. 
the same buddy who buys me my my vinyl uh we've played that we played and beat that game six times maybe uh at least six different like versions or like we're in the process like process of that because we did on the 360 pc we came out like when it, it came out again for um uh ps3 ps4 uh like every console every time it gets ported we end up playing through it again <laughs> because it ends up going on sale for like 20 bucks and we're like yeah sure let's let's have a couple and but we play overseas and this was our like we knew the game so well that we could just chat and be like hey how's it going how's the family this that and we're like you know we knew that game pretty fluid and it was a stupid game for us to have fun with so i like that game for a different reason not because honestly the game is bonkers and it's stupid but uh, not as stupid as six. Six was terrible. I actually generally had to grit my teeth. I played through six twice because I had I played with my wife and I played with the same my my buddy again, and we we're like, yeah, I really wish I never had to play this twice. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> um, I, so that game, I I would I love them to remake that one, uh, because I can only imagine how much better that would be. Because that game is broken in a lot of ways. Uh, just straight up. I don't like that game. Uh, so, yes, make a remake all of them. Go ahead. Uh, but continue to make good stuff. Uh, so 4 is the only one I'm really interested in. Starfield, I I stopped caring for that a while ago. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy, the initial, when they first announced the, the concept of it, that was great. And then J.K. Rawlings turns out to be, you know, like started becoming more of a terrible person. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to step away from uh from that and then you have final fantasy i agree final fantasy has not been interesting for me the mainline ones for a while um i just there's no there's not been enough there to really pull me in but then again it's hard for me to get into a jrpg in general uh it's just there's a lot of time investment into it and it's just not what i play anymore um back when it was only you only had one game a year maybe two games a year on the playstation one uh and then i was just like yeah i loved final fantasy because it, it i could play that for 100 plus hours and then i'd replay it again because i was sick in the head um <laughs> <laughs> like, like many people are doing with um uh, elden ring you know <laughs> yeah uh so i mean it's it's if you find a game that you really jive with like i can't you know like good on you i, I can't knock anyone for who really falls in love with the game uh and I'll play Legend of Zelda just because I played the first one, uh, the Breath of the Wild, but I'll have to hate play this one and hopefully be surprised because like uh... a bad anime, I watch it and then I'm like, you know what? Maybe it gets better. And I'm like, you know, it's not going to get better, but you're going to go through it anyways. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm doing with this is I'm like, you know what? If I'm surprised and if it's it's a lot better than great, then you know, wonderful. I just I'll have the I'll just have a good experience. But I'm coming at this at such a low angle that there's only it's either not going to disappoint me because it's exactly what I expected, or I'm going to be like super surprised and anything else would just be like that was better than the first because <laughs> it, there's not much to make it worse. Um, uh, yeah. So RE4, that's my <laughs> okay. that's my short answer. No. All right. Thank you for that. <laughs> Okay, so I think that's that's all we wanted to go through with game of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> but if you're interested in esports and you have a there's a there's like five categories of esports at least. Oh, jeez, so. that kind of makes me sad. 
dude some hey some people really it depends on the, what what esports you're looking at i mean i watched a bit of overwatch um you know when it when it first popped up and you did a lot of lol back in your day i think so. i think that you know csgo and overwatch it's pretty hard to it's pretty hard to watch those games as esports they're just there's too much going on even if you understand what's going on it's too hard to really follow because it's first person. But I think that um, that League and Dota lend themselves best because they're pretty much, you know, you're watching them the way that you would watch like a football game or a basketball game from above already. And, and you're, it's slower. You're able to kind of more accurately see what's going on. That's my rant about that anyway. So, um, yeah. So that's... Uh, uh. Thanks, uh, thanks, uh, uh, for Eric Van Allen for writing about this on uh, Destructoid. Uh, so that's for the list, and we'll have it in the show notes as well. Uh, but that's if you want the full list of everything, there you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, real quick to how what we've been playing. Uh, thanks to the holiday weekend, I've just been super busy with family, so I haven't gotten to play a whole lot. Well, uh, so I went back to uh, some comfort food, and as it were, uh, no pun intended, but I guess I should have <laughs> intended that one. Uh, Damn it! Yeah. Uh, I bought a friend. I bought. I bought a buddy uh, another a shirt that said, "All my puns are intentional." Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that look on your face says it all. Okay, we have here. Uh, I went. I discovered that Vampire Survivors. Uh, I've talked about a lot of times on how much I enjoy playing that game, but I stopped because it was all pre, you know, 1.0. Uh, but it was it became available on Game Pass, uh, the cloud service. So I was able to just stream it to my phone. And then I'm like, you know what? This game is probably one of the better ones to use because all you're doing is evading and it's auto firing. So, it, you know, it turns out it works pretty well on your phone. You know, simple Wi-Fi, just streaming to my phone while the family watches YouTube or something like that, you know, that's, it did its job. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I only played like a handful of hours, but uh, yeah, totally worth, uh, totally effective, worth the try. And then I went, I kind of went back to uh, Saints Row, just uh, progressing the story a little bit and just having a good time, just doing, you know, it's just kind of mindless. Uh, but, you know, it's like when you need to turn some stuff off and like, yeah, let me just do the side missions. Uh, and it's still effective. So, I mean, I know the game, it, it didn't do as well as they, they hoped. And yeah, I can totally see that. But at the same time, the game, not as bad as people put it out there. Uh, maybe I'm a little more forgiving for it because I've had good memories of the prior game. But at the same time, I'm like, I had a terrible <laughs> couple experiences trying to play multiplayer with this one. So I am very disappointed on that. But just as a single player romp, I'm like, yeah, it's, it does the job. Does the job? Yeah, yeah. That, that that literally is all I all I've played this week. I mean, I, I did like Saint Saints Row, man. I always say that every time we bring it up. It's it's definitely a good little game. Um, sixty bucks or seventy bucks? How much it costs? Maybe not, but I think it's definitely worth picking up. Um, if it if the if there was a sale on it, it's definitely worth grabbing. Um, having some fun with your friends with it. It's it's good. It's good for that. It's not going to blow your socks off, but it's definitely good for that. Um, 
for me, I've just been playing God of War Ragnarok. Uh, not that much though. Um, you know, I went on vacation, thought I might play some Bayonetta on vacation. I didn't play anything or watch anything much at all. Um, except a couple world cup games. And, uh, but I, I did finally get back and, uh, start playing some God of War Ragnarok. I, like I said earlier, I played about maybe five hours, uh, total. Um, and, uh, it's a beautiful game. It is a beautiful looking game. It is, um, picks up right where the last one left off in really all aspects of story, obviously, but also the, um, you know, the battle system that they do kind of make you, uh, kind of spoilers for the first game if you haven't played it, but, um, they do make you jump, uh, back into the axe first, um, before they give you the blades of chaos again. Uh, they make you do the axe for probably about an hour, um, just by itself. And then the blades of chaos come back into it a little bit. Uh, but it's, you know, probably the biggest knock against the game is that it is this, the first game again, just everything is a little bit better. Just everything is slightly better. Um, but I'm definitely enjoying it. I, I do want to get through all of it before the end of the year. Hopefully though it's going to be kind of a tall order. Um, but mostly just because the story it's pretty important um, to rating that game accurately and uh, shouldn't be too long. It should be about 20 hours, I imagine, but I need to look it up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good so far. So yeah, it's cool. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing the rest of that. Yeah. That first game I loved immensely. I, I platinum that one. That was a, took a long while, but uh, well, it was it wasn't too bad. It was that final Valkyrie fight, which was just a utter nightmare, and that was just that's self abuse. I did that to myself, but <laughs> did it do? <laughs> it... Yeah, right. No one but no one to blame but me. All right. Uh, and then you said you didn't get to watch much, but what did you get to watch? Oh, I did. Uh, this past week, I turned on Netflix and I started watching this documentary show called Pepsi. Where's my jet? And it is a uh, four episode documentary about this guy when he was about 20 years old in 1995. Uh, he, he was watching a Pepsi commercial where uh, this is back when Pepsi was doing points. Uh, you could get points by buying pe Pepsi and then you could spend those points on t-shirts or sunglasses or more coke or, or this was like first this is around the era where the points system first started you know before you had codes on the bottle caps and stuff like that this is like the start of a uh, roughly uh, the era for coke and pepsi to start doing things like this yeah yeah so they so they did this big campaign and they had this commercial where uh they had a uh, a young man but probably about probably about 16 years old and he gets up in the morning and he puts on his Pepsi shirt and it shows like so many, like 700 points. And then, and then it goes on and on to, to different things. And finally it ends up with him arriving at school in a Harrier jet. Uh, so if you don't know what a Harrier jet is, it's the jet that is in true lies at the end. It is a jet that, um, 
can it can it can hover essentially a VTOL. It's a so it ha, it can it can do a vertical takeoff right and right. landing. That's what VTOL stands for. So yeah, so um, so they put uh seven million points um for the Harrier jet, and there was no disclaimer. And uh, this guy saw that commercial and started like working on you know was it possible blah 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 blah. Um, anyway, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and kind of spoil it. Um, some of the aspects of the documentary. So if you're interested in watching it, then, you know, turn this off and go watch it. But, um, basically what happens is they find a loophole in order to get the 7 million points. And basically what you can do, what, what you can do is just pay for the points. Um, instead of having to actually buy Pepsi. So they do that. And then Pepsi is like, okay, that's funny. And then they're like, no, no, really. Like, this is what your commercial said. This is how to buy the points. We have done that. We want our Harrier jet or at least, you know, they never said this, but they probably would have taken a payout. So, you know, it goes around and around. It actually takes years. It takes up to like 1999 uh, before they finally get a a um, a verdict. And it actually goes before a judge and everything. Um, and uh, anyway, it's just kind of the story of how of how that that works out. Um, no, I actually remember when this happened live. Actually, I remember the commercials and I remember being like, that's a Harrier jet. That'd be like thinking to myself, like, like that's funny, but it's, it's like, that'd be cool. Um, the points thing was kind of stupid in my opinion, but I was like, Oh yeah, I, I clearly remember that. And then I remember hearing on the radio, uh, how they talk about, yeah, high school kid, like got the points necessary for the jet. Uh, but like you know there's it's now going to a lawsuit or something like that and be like oh wow that's that's wild and then never heard about it from again <laughs> so you know it's um like yeah it's it's one of those things where yeah like where i'm watching it and i'm like i think that he should have gotten either the harrier jet which is worth 32 million dollars or they should have had to pay him out um, a substantial amount of money. I don't know about thirty-two million, but it, but a, but in the millions, in the tens of millions, they should have had to pay him out. Um, but uh, but but you know, I'm just gonna go ahead and ruin it for you, Joe. They they didn't. You know that they, they got they uh, basically what what happened is they outmaneuvered them in they Pepsi outmaneuvered the kid in the legal system. Um, they got, they, they sued him first. And so they got a favorable judge, uh, due to, they sued him, they sued him. And so the suit had to be done in New York, uh, where they're headquartered. And then they got a favorable judge in New York. Um, uh, it's a judge that's favorable, favorable to corporate interests. Um, and they just got bullied and, and, you know, and, and messed around with until it, there was no way they, they, they could win. But I mean, from what I saw in that documentary and from the, what the commercial had, 
it looked like they should have paid out a good chunk of money because he figured out how to do it. And it was all in their own. It was with their own fine print that he beat them. But oh yeah, no, it's it's one of those things that I never suspected that the kid would have gotten away with anything. It was just like it was just the you know the funny stupid like they didn't even like we didn't know how he got the points. Just I remember just hearing about it being like yeah you know they got the points for the jet and but like you know it's just like I'm like of course they're not going to win against a corporate like entity of that size. Like it's uh you know what are you gonna, like if you want to lawyer up like they have the the retaining like lawyers to last forever. And yeah, that's, it would be, you always want the underdog to win though. You're like, yeah, you know, score one for the little people, you know, F the corporations. But well, I yeah. mean, if they had gotten the trial to go to a jury, then it would have been really close. It would have been really, really hard uh, because I, because I mean, they interviewed some people and they can make it look however they want. But I mean, if I'm a juror on that, I'm going to be like, no, nah, I think you guys got to pay. <laughs> yeah, but you're also talking about you're also talking about a, an uh, America where if I break into your house during Christmas and I hurt myself on breaking an entry through your window, I can sue you and I can I can I ha like win and it's your fault for my injuries. <laughs> That's the kind of society by juror. So <laughs> Well, actually they kind of talked about that they talked about how the McDonald's the the hot coffee at McDonald's you're familiar with that one how yep. th that lawsuit actually put a bad taste in people's mouth kind of like, like you're talking about and they and they were sort of smeared in that way uh and people were kind of like some people kind of turned against them because of that sort of you know circumnavigation of the legal system to get what you want. Yeah. People were tired it's, of well, it. Well, especially in, early, well, in the early 90s, people doing anything for suing was at an all-time high. Late 80s, early 90s, you got people jumping in front of buses or you got people at an accident running up to the accident and be like, I'm involved. Oh, no. You know, like, you know, it's just those, you know, the old Simpsons, like ambulance chasing lawyer, you know. It's just, uh, that is... I can totally see why you know people were nat would naturally just automatically well you know, you're just trying to scam the system you know you're a dirtbag stop it yeah, yeah. but he, it seemed like the guy really wanted the Harrier jet um, I mean that would have been pretty cool pretty uh, badass the kid yeah. shows up to school in the Harrier jet okay I mean gosh imagine trying to fly one of those things I wouldn't even know what oh. to start <laughs> oh, so uh, yeah all right well that's uh, you saved me the hassle because I was not going to watch that documentary, but I was curious legitimately. So thank you. Uh, all right. So on my end, uh, let's see here. I ended up, uh, uh, let's see, I've been watching a little bit more of the, I can't remember how much I've talked to you about this in the past. Uh, I know I've brought it up, but the, uh, I'm a villainous, uh, so I'm taming the final boss. So the, I read the manga and it had a completed story arc. I'm like, oh, that's nice. It's, um, this one is about a girl who dies and is reincarnated into an Atome game where she is the villainous. So her, like she is on a doomed path. No matter what she does, she is, she is destined to be murdered uh, comically, essentially as a, as a throwaway gag by the, um, by the demon Lord or uh, demon Lord. And she is, uh, so she's like, well, since I'm the bad guy, I'm just going to go ahead and make the demon Lord fall in love with me. And therefore I can, that's my loophole. Uh, that's the quest. Well, the, 
original manga goes through the whole thing and it ends, you know, with that story arc. You're like, okay, cool. They managed to do this in like four episodes of like 12. Oh, wow. And, here, and then, so I was just like, wait, this is going really fast. I'm like, I'm curious. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I'm like, sure enough, they ended it. I'm like, wait, huh? And so, well, I looked into it. And so they started a new story arc. And it's, they're kind of going based off of the um, this game's sequel now. <laughs> and uh. so she's going, she's rolling into the sequel series uh, where in this case, uh, you know, and this is based off the uh, written like light novel, I think, or it might be an actual novel. But anyways, it's actually, you know, book form. And that's where they're getting this extra source material from, uh, which is which was nice because I enjoyed what I saw. And then I'm like, oh, wait, there's more to this. That's that's great because I actually like these characters. Uh, and yeah, so it's going through. Uh, you're now doing like a school story arc, essentially, uh, joining student council and doing this other stuff. And I'm like, all right, this is entertaining. I was pleasantly surprised. And yeah, it's just one of those things that's like, oh, that's the first that's you usually don't hear about that. It's usually uh, the the anime, uh, you know, completely goes off of the wrong path from the manga because the manga wasn't ready in time or the directing. Mm-hmm. Some there is always something weird. And so therefore, at the end of the manga uh the the real story is very different from the end of the anime um and in this case it's like oh no this actually continues beyond and it doesn't you know because mostly it's it's almost always falls short you know like oh yeah that's great you finish this little story arc in the anime and the manga is going on for another like 100 issues or chapters or something like that and you're like so then you have to go out and read it if you want to get more of it uh no so that's it i just uh i'm still liking it it's a it's a fun little second story arc uh, i'm not sure if it's gonna you know it has me guessing i guess in the fact that like well will they end it at this arc or they're gonna have a, a third arc is there i don't know <laughs> i'm just like i don't know what to expect anymore and that's okay with me um uh, and then i just ended up finishing the uh call of the night and i you know i talked really highly about this before uh this is about a middle school kid who uh explores uh you know the city uh during nighttime and so he's getting the the high of i'm kind of breaking the rules for the first time and it's really quiet so the city that he's so familiar with seems like a a different place and he runs into a vampire who shows him how like the nightlife is kind of for the most part uh the music behind it it's been really great uh the visuals uh, just the art design, like they have really unique shots and just like angles and stuff like that, and they'll have they'll have interesting color palettes. Uh, I've I've really liked it from like from the very beginning. Uh, they have an interesting little, they have I guess a little, kind of forced drama towards the um, uh, two thirds section, uh, which isn't terribly bad, uh, and they end the. I'm not going to spoil it, but they kind of they wrap up the anime in an okay manner. I mean, they leave some loose threads, um, and you know that's that's fine, I guess. It's like, but they they at least get the main point across where they kind of had to, and they're like, all right, here's the end of this, and you at least know the direction. It's it doesn't leave it just in limbo. Like, okay, you kind of have a direction that you can see the future going in for either a second season or just where the manga might continue from. Uh, but it's like, you know, as if this is all I get to watch of it, that's okay. You know, and I left, I was left, uh, satisfied, you know, opposed to being upset or being like, come on, man, where, what about whatever? Um, 
So they do a bit towards the end where they show a bunch of images from people that you've seen throughout the series. And then at one point, they so you see someone on a, a swing in a park. And both my wife and I were like, wait, who's that? <laughs> Who are you? Like, we both try to remember, like, we don't remember that person. Everyone's being shown for like half a second. You know, we're like, okay, I know that person. I know that person. Wait, who? And then next, next thing, all of a sudden, you're like, okay, wait. Um, and I, what they did is, my guess is it's someone from the, uh, either from the manga that they might have omitted uh, from that first first part of the story arc, or it's a um, kind of like a premonition, uh, like showing who is in uh, season two or who's going to be later in the series, because uh. that happens a lot with other other series too. When it comes to season two, like the end of season one, if it's um, an isekai adventure or something like that, you'll see these are the new people walking into a town or walking into the guild or something like that, and like you know, you never saw them before, but you but if you know the source material, you know that they play a second a, a bigger part later on or something. So it's a foreshadowing in that sense. So that's what we think that person was, but it was just really jarring because we're like, oh yeah, okay, all these familiar faces. Who? And then you're like, okay, back to familiar faces. <laughs> so, mm. putting a little yeah. bit of a little bit of a preview there for you, maybe. Yeah, uh, but man, uh, that that music was good. I I really enjoyed that anime. It was just it over. It just was a solid, solid one. It wasn't like it's not like life changing or anything like that. Uh, but as uh, I would say, it's a solid eight or a nine just like i had a good time from it i always i almost liked you know it's like but it never and it wasn't like you know it doesn't hit those it's a different kind of it's a chill series mm -hmm. so it doesn't hit like those emotional highs or craziness like uh, adrenaline pumping or something like cowboy bebop or you know it doesn't hit anything weird like uh like a steins gate or something like that it's just it's very different and it was just it was just mellow but i really enjoyed watching it and so i'd have you know yeah, it was a good time. I looked forward to it every week, and now it's done. If I'm lucky, maybe get a second season. But honestly, I'm I just I recommend this one. Uh, and if you don't like the music, then bail because <laughs> then if you if you don't like it right away in the beginning, you're like you're you're gonna get more of that throughout. So you might as well not waste your time with it. And it's not maybe it's not for everyone, but I'm like you know. But if you do like what you're getting off in the beginning, you get more of that throughout. So you kind of know right away. There's gonna be a lot of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool, man. That sounds good. I should watch that. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I it was my, it was probably my favorite from this last like you know couple months. You know, it's at least one of my favorites, I should say. So, all right, that's really good though. Um, yeah. So I guess that's really about it we have for uh, you know for this time around. Uh, so thank you very very much, guys. Uh, this has been episode thirty two of Another Dead Pixel, and this is uh, December second. Thank you guys for making it to the end. We really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to say to the world? Any words of wisdom? Um, American football is king. All right. You guys take care and take it easy. Bye-bye. Don't get into turntables. The scourge of Japan who terrorized the... Okay, we are, we are. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Blooper, uh, bloopers, yeah. Week, it's fine. Uh, you just want to do right. it? You want to go there? Restart? I'm so fucking tired. Yeah, reset. All right. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, hey, at least, like I said, you, you fucked up last week, so I don't feel so bad about this week. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was glorious, though. <laughs>